Russia's war has led to quite significant consequences for the countries bordering Ukraine, but also globally. Welcome to the Protect the Future podcast. I'm your host, Pilar Nalwimba. In this series, I'll be going behind the scenes at NATO headquarters to get to know the NATO experts. Together, we'll discuss global challenges that they work on from climate change, disinformation and the impacts of the war against Ukraine. I won't be doing this alone, though, as I've been speaking to young content creators along the way who've put their questions to our NATO experts. So join me as we explore some of the big global issues that impact our lives and influence our future. On today's episode, I'm joined by Baiba Brage, NATO's Assistant Secretary General for Public Diplomacy. She's here to help me understand a little more about the war against Ukraine, NATO's stance on the war, and how the impacts of this war are being felt globally. Hi, Baiba. How are you? Hello, Pilar. Welcome to NATO. I'm very well. Thank you. Before joining NATO, Baiba served as Latvia's ambassador to the UK. So before we get into our discussion, I wanted to get a little bit of background on her growing up in Latvia. Well, we all come with a certain background. Uh, I was born in Latvia, which was occupied by the Soviet uh, Soviets at the time. When the awakening movement started and uh, the Popular Front was formed to lead that uh, awakening and regaining of independence, I joined it as a student. I got a, a grant from EU to study in the Netherlands, international law and European integration. And I came back. I wanted to join the foreign ministry. And that was a time when still Soviet troops were on the Latvian territory, or that by then it was Russian troops. So my first job as a foreign ministry was in the legal department, uh, the, in, in that team who was dealing with the withdrawal of Russian troops from the Latvian territory. And now that you're working with NATO in the capacity of Assistant Secretary General for Public Diplomacy, you are working during a time where we're seeing a new face of Russian aggression with the invasion of Ukraine, which we all saw started back in February 2022. Now, since this war began against Ukraine, I've been seeing so many different conversations happening across social media. And one of the most common questions is, why isn't NATO involved? And why hasn't NATO sent any troops into Ukraine to help with the conflict? I would love for you to shed some light on this. NATO is a treaty organization, so it's based on rules. And one of the rules is that, of course, we defend the members. If NATO becomes part of the war, that war will escalate into something different. So that's why our joint task is to make sure that Ukraine wins the war that Russia is waging against it. But also we have to be very responsible as NATO that we don't escalate the war, that we don't create a new war. So that's why NATO has been very calibrated in our response to Russia's war. The impact of the war against Ukraine is being felt globally for everybody. We've got inflation and there's been an increased number of refugees. Can you shed a bit of light on the direct and indirect effects of the war globally, especially for the countries within the alliance? 
Russia's war has led to quite significant consequences for the countries bordering Ukraine, but also globally. One very direct effect are the Ukrainian refugees, because when Russia started bombing Ukraine, people naturally, especially women and children, yes. tried to get out of the harm's way. And it's been just fantastic to see the solidarity in Europe and around the world, how countries have extended and opened their homes to Ukrainian refugees, how quickly they are trying to integrate, starting to work, and children going to schools, learning local languages. The second part is the food crisis that Russia has created. Russia was blocking exports of Ukrainian grain. Russia was burning the grain silos, eliminating the modern technique with which grain was harvested, blocking ships. It was horrible. And it did require quite a high level international push from the UN Secretary General, from all member states to at least partially reopen those grain exports. The third element that we see are the prices for energy. Ukraine is one of the biggest transit countries for Russia's gas. Ukraine now is also integrated in European energy network. Ukraine has quite a lot of nuclear energy that it's producing in its power stations. And it was actually an energy exporter until Russia's attack. So with that being interrupted, it did raise the prices for energy. You also saw that Russia, for political aims, decided to stop exports of gas. So there was a very clear weaponization of the energy. You also saw Russia's bombing of Ukraine's critical infrastructure, the power stations, heating stations, water stations, people being left without anything in the middle of the winter. So those are just three of the direct impacts of the war against Ukraine. Number one, the refugees, especially women and children that are fleeing Ukraine during the war. The food crisis, which has seen exports of essential grains being blocked. Energy crisis, which has seen the prices increase as a result of Europe's supply from both Ukraine and Russia being slowed down or completely halted. All of this has resulted in a cost of living crisis. So how does NATO plan to keep people engaged with supporting Ukraine? At NATO, we have made sure that all the members are safe and secure. Without security, our dreams about education or having our own apartments, that all disappears. And there, I think people like you talking to other people, hosting people on their podcasts play an important role to really explain that this is not because something that our governments did wrong. It's not the fault of Ukraine. It's Russia's fault. In our last episode with Awana, we looked at disinformation and how it exists to confuse people, confuse communities and divide opinion. Now, in the context of the war against Ukraine, I wanted to get a bit more insight into how an aggressor like Russia weaponizes disinformation. They have a myriad of different sources and channels uh, that are coordinated financed by the state. They move to different languages, so not so much in English, because in English, our social media companies already know their algorithms and can identify these inauthentic behaviors of bots and influencer groups and so on and so forth that Russia uses. So they have moved now to Spanish language in Latin America, where they can still operate through Russia Today and other sources. They've moved coordination of these actors to the Telegram channels. That is where it's more difficult for social media companies to understand what is happening. 
Is it fair to say that since the war happened, NATO's probably had the most press coverage that it's had in a long time? And also across social media, you're popping up a lot. I'm seeing those times I log into Twitter and NATO is trending. The interest in NATO being the highest ever. We had several million to our website at the beginning of the war per day. So I was very proud that our website was able to, to handle it. We are also on Instagram. We are on YouTube. I'll be checking those out and I hope that those who are listening are following across those channels. Thank you so much for your time today, Baiba. Thank you very much. It was great having you here at NATO and I hope you get a chance seeing some more and talking to more people and also that you get a copy of the first ever NATO's graphic novel. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Protect the Future podcast, where we discovered a little more about NATO's principles and the global impact of the war against Ukraine. I now have a much better understanding of the war and the domino effect it has on the global issues that we're currently experiencing. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts and any questions that you may have. We can continue this over on Twitter. You can find me on at Pillar of Society. We can use the hashtag Protect the Future. And if you enjoyed this conversation, then please take a moment to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you haven't done so already, please go back to listen to our other episodes. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.